what do you I mean note wise it's like what are my notes other than yeah holy shit this is a two an hour it's really long I didn't think about that I didn't think about the fact that it's really long but it's fine welcome back to are you still watching this is Kate your host for this little show Since the very necessary guidelines involving social distancing and quarantine have come into effect in the last couple of weeks, I haven't been able to record in person with my friends to talk about things the way that we were starting to get used to. Uh, So that means that things are starting to look a little bit different. This episode was recorded remotely with my friend Ben, which is why the audio is sometimes a little bit different. We also flipped the original format on its head here in a way. Instead of Ben watching one of my favorite movies, I watched one of his, Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. The quick Wikipedia summary I would normally give goes as follows. Pulp Fiction is a 1994 American crime film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, who conceived it with Roger Avery, starring John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, Tim Roth, Ving Rhames, and Uma Thurman. It tells several stories of criminal Los Angeles. The title refers to the pulp magazines and hard-boiled crime novels popular during the mid-20th century, known for their graphic violence and punchy dialogue. It was nominated for seven awards at the 67th Academy Awards, including Best Picture, and won Best Original Screenplay. It earned Travolta, Jackson, and Thurman Academy Award nominations and boosted their careers. Its development, marketing, distribution, and profitability had a sweeping effect on independent cinema. Now, you probably knew all of that, but it was all very new information to me. It was super fun getting to talk to Ben, especially about one of his favorite movies, so let's get into it. That's okay. So, (laughs) hi, Ben. Hi, Kate. (laughs) <laughs> what's up how i'm good you? how are you holding up uh so far so good one could say that's good i'm glad to hear it this has not been the super like the most fun time ever but uh yeah definitely doing it. <laughs> nice to have movies to get me through right exactly like it works well because <laughs> literally literally what else would i be doing it's like this is all yeah exactly at this point like i just watch a lot of movies uh so before we get into the whole thing I usually have a couple questions that I ask, like the generic, like, so what have you been up to? What are you working on? Sure. <laughs> what um, are you working on? I don't really have anything to plug. I don't have anything like interesting <laughs> being published at the moment in any sort of outlet whatsoever. So none of that. Uh, I've been working on um, my thesis, which will be also, uh, you know, out in the world sometime next week, which is terrifying, uh, in which you can read the writing of the wonderful Kate Jock as well um <laughs> hopefully <laughs> uh it's good I believe you I believe you um yeah I don't know not much uh I'm usually working so having like no working at all is uh unsettling um so yeah I okay. really truly have very little going on um yeah not much <laughs> I, I get that that's pretty much how I feel. I'm like, well, I have to finish this and then uh, nothing. Yeah. For a long time. Um, and I guess just like all the other graduates, there's a level of like job search. Um, although that's also pretty um, arrested due to uh, the fact that everybody's on a hiring freeze. So it's a good time all around. Um, but yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Very yep. fun. That's what I'm up to. <laughs> <laughs> so my other usual questions are, are you like a movie asshole snob? like I sometimes consider myself to be, or are you like a casual, like I'll put a movie on and I kind of enjoyed it. Um, sort of yeah. I'm like kind of an asshole. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty like, like I use the word movie, but not as much as I use the word film. So if film. that gives you an idea, uh, I don't usually write them in all caps. I do sometimes. And I 
almost never put a year behind them unless I need to. So sometimes I think putting the year behind it is funny. Like I think so too, <laughs> especially if the title is like just a word. Yeah, I think yeah. Like, um, I yeah, I had a dumb tweet about the the film Madagascar. <laughs> oh yeah, like if you're doing some yeah like like uh like Shrek two needs a year behind it for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, I watch dumb movies too, though, like, you know, non-particularly cerebral ones, but usually only when they are, like, um, really written and starred by individuals I really like a lot. I don't usually just watch, like, other stuff. Um, And sometimes, yeah, sometimes some things are, like, so, you know, quote-unquote dumb that they're, like, on the like once you get really into it it's like oh but it's good because of all of this yeah like, like i'm i'm definitely 100 percent in on like hot rod you know like in that yeah. um like it's that own criterion collection of like <laughs> smart idiots um but yeah generally i don't know somewhere sort of in the middle of all of it but um Fair. i have been uh academically educated by arcadia university <laughs> <laughs> on film <laughs> on film yes capital f film <laughs> yes uh so that doesn't really answer your question but it is a bunch of words I mean, grouped together it answers it well enough that's pretty much what my answer usually is i'm like Word. yeah cool. I can okay then it works a dick about film but i also like will just watch any right exactly <laughs> so uh cool as long as it's you know an hour and a half and has a, a screenplay i'm like oh I yeah so hopefully that um is most of the introspection i will that's offer. usually <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and then the other like two quick questions are yeah. what's your favorite movie <laughs> oh just respond now i don't know man uh i really like memento is a movie i like a lot um I change my mind a lot. I like. I think the movie I watch the most often and enjoy the most is Zodiac. Um, oh wow! But I don't know my particular favorite one overall because um, I change my mind a lot. But yeah, there's there's a couple in that sort of top end canon that are like that. I was gonna say you did in fact answer my second question, which is usually what is the movie? Yeah. You watch the most? Uh, honestly, that because... overall all time is probably Pulp Fiction, because um, there was a time where this was just what I would put on in the background when I did my homework and stuff, like daily. <laughs> so I'm extremely what familiar. A, what an interesting, what an interesting choice for background. For yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was probably like 20. Guns and motherfuckers. Yeah, I don't know. I was probably like <laughs> 20 and in college, so like that's pretty much the target demographic. So. That's worked. Uh, I did have the, a poster at one point, so I really completed the stereotype. But that is, I don't know where that but is. Like, I think that's actually now poster. in my 19 uh, year old brother's college dorm. So, <laughs> but like the cool Uma poster? No, uh, like, actually cool. the um, a Samuel L. Jackson poster. Awesome. Yeah. That's actually yeah. cooler, probably. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the, it's definitely um, one I, I suggested for this for a reason. <laughs> in that uh yeah. i'm prepared i've been prepared i i feel now prepared because it was this was like my my pop culture fun fact that i was like i've never seen pulp fiction like that's my big <laughs> this is the white whale like pop culture blind spot i you know what people call it. it's one of those things that like i saw this tweet going around the other day that was like what is something that you don't enjoy like everyone says is really good 
it's good in terms of just like the general you know quality standard of Uh... media but just that's like not your taste and this is usually something that would fall into that for me oh i see yeah right like i don't know but i liked i'm glad you did i liked it a lot more than i thought i was going to (laughs) Because my head of it was like, it was like, it's just going to be guns and John Travolta with a ponytail. And yeah, which, pretty much. I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah, but... I failed to see the issues there. Um, yeah, you're right. No, but... just kidding. Um, yeah, it's not really like, it's, so it's, it's very distinctly Tarantino in the way that there are a lot of guns that don't get used very often. Yeah. yeah. So it's more as like a, the intimidation symbol than actually like. Sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, they'll let the thing yodel a little bit when the time comes, but not too much. When it must. Yeah, not a, not too much. When somebody's hiding in your bathroom. Yeah, or <laughs> casually in the back seat of the car, for example. Yeah. That. Um, <laughs> that's, I've never laughed watching someone get their head blown off until someone said, "Oh, oh man, I man, shot Marvin." Shot yeah. Marvin in the face. Yeah. I'm like, that's not funny. It's really it's funny. funny. Yeah. But it's not. I was like, wow, what a what a casual delivery of oh man, I shot Marvin. Yeah, um from John Travolta. <laughs> from from one, one individual John Travolta. <laughs> uh I think actually some of the most interesting things about it come from like the like structure and process of it. Like the fact that it was oh, it yeah. would not have been made uh except uh an individual by the name of Harvey Weinstein would really, really, really like the um script of it. What a big sigh that just, yeah, um, <laughs> I felt form in my Yeah, Miramax <laughs> was like a very large player in, I mean, in everybody's movies, you know, but um, in particularly uh, most of the Tarantino catalog, um, Harvey Weinstein was a, uh, yeah, heavy influence in it. Uh, it was turned down by somebody, I forget what, um, you know, studio turned it down first. I forget, one of the big, Try some, uh, right? Probably, I don't know offhand, but it was just—I remember it has been—it was rejected because it was just like, yeah, this is kind of off the walls. But Harvey Weinstein was like, I love it. I'm like, great. Now we have a movie. Um, so, um, <laughs> and also that um, now we have so many. So Roger Avery, who Quentin Tarantino writes with a lot, um, wrote a lot of yeah. this for um, uh, for True Romance, which is another like great all-time movie. Um, so a lot of these scenes were actually lifted out of the script for True Romance and placed into Pulp Fiction. Um, I was so interested reading that. I was like, that's Yeah, weird. True Romance, like, not uh, a piece of the Tarantino catalog that usually isn't um, kept in mind because he is not, he didn't direct it, but he did write True, Ram- True Romance. Um, mm-hmm. And is how he knows quite a few people that have showed up in his later movies, like Brad Pitt, um, who showed up later in Inglorious Bastards. Uh, so, right. And then obviously in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But yeah, uh, True Romance is the uh, source material for quite a bit of, probably not that much of it, but some of the scenes that were written for True Romance got lifted out, put into Pulp Fiction, taken out of the final of True Romance, um, which is interesting. Wild. Yeah. Like, the, just the thought of then, like, picking up this, like, you know these scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. This will fit in this other thing that we're. Yeah, writing. the Roger Avery, uh, which is also not to get too far off topic, but something that Paul Thomas Anderson has done a lot with um, <laughs> in the Master, and there will be blood. Uh, if you kind of look into the process, a lot of uh, the, basically the first draft of There Will Be Blood um, got scrapped and formatted over for uh, the Master. 
Uh-huh. That is really wow. That the master is a brutal. It's a, beautiful, it's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful event. Um, Very yeah. good. So beautiful. it's interesting in in the same way that uh, both of these like pairs of films are super different in their like tone and intent and like general purpose. Uh, and still manage to kind of like lift material from one to the other, despite them not being very similar at all. Yeah. 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 I'm not, as you know, the biggest uh, Tarantino person generally. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Understandably so, very many are not. I have my general issues with him, which I wasn't really taking into, you know, the movie. I just mean, I haven't really seen so much of his work, you know, not, so much on purpose but that it was like okay well these things don't seem super sure. my orbit so i didn't really watch them but to then like w- what is considered like is this like his masterpiece um, like is this like his so this could be this so there's a lot of um discussion over what is uh and i think that's sort of part of the source of the you know kind of overflowing Quentin Tarantino is an all-time or whatever, um, comes from the fact that there is uh, argument to be made for Pulp Fiction. That often is. Um, there's argument to be made for Jackie Brown, um, for Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Um, for most of them, really. Uh, I do love for Kill Bill. Kill Bill as well. That's one yeah. that I know I've seen um, that. So, so yeah, okay. that's sort of, I think Pulp Fiction, if uh, most people were put on the spot, the people would probably say so. Maybe Inglorious Bastards could have the same thing, but Jackie Brown is certainly... Uh, also argued um, it's a pretty yeah, strong um, list in in that there's there's part of you know there's discussion for each of them pretty much outside of um, Thus Till Dawn which I'm not sure that you know most people consider into there because uh, yeah. it's kind of his work and sort of the way that True Romance was his work um, but it's also pretty gross and he is um <laughs> a like major character in it as an actor and is uh just plays like a really really gross creep so that Hmm. yeah uh (laughs) which he does really well i I will say um (laughs) i only really even ask because in the comparison of like lifting different pieces of there will be blood into the master and like sort of vice versa like paul thomas anderson always says that like while There Will Be Blood is usually his, like, you know, most revered work, his favorite right. fit, like, his masterpiece, in his own opinion, is Right, yeah, I would say that... Wow, especially after I watched it. You can like, kind of see where he's coming okay. from, which is kind of funny, yeah. because um, he's really carried by, um, like, tremendous acting performances while the script's weaker than There Will Be Blood. Anyway, though, this is not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> Sorry. No, <but laughs> I, I was almost thinking about that, because I'm like, in watching Pulp Fiction, I was so interested in how good the script yeah. is. Because sometimes you watch a great movie and your first thought isn't, at least me, for me, I don't always think, my first thought isn't always how good I find right. the script. I guess. Like, this is one where I'm like, okay, well, no one, you know, John Travolta is not an Right, right. Uh, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> in, um, is certain, and, and you is, know, there's Christopher gonna... Walken's love, you know, presence. But um, that's a great little. Yeah, but uh, it's not a movie that's dominated, you know, like if we're comparing with uh, either of those Paul Thomas Anderson movies, he has Daniel Day Lewis and he has uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as, you know, kind of the um, 
three named right like (laughs) yes and and joaquin phoenix i think one could even say as like the marquee um performers and i don't think that pulp fiction really pulls them in um other than you know there's definitely people but uh i think uma thurman probably isn't someone that could be considered in that in the pantheon uh and samuel jackson certainly um but um he sort of does this. He does this Especially thing where he kind of works with known people um, who are not, you know, and, and to be clear, as time has gone on, that has changed somewhat. Um, so, you know, I mean, The Hateful Eight has Channing Tatum in it. Um, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> obviously, is like an actual, you know, glittering cast of Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Um, I think that feels fair right. for the subject, um, So I think so. that's what feels... Um, really strong about Pulp Fiction is it's this like wide ensemble that doesn't really have the person, uh, so to speak, you know, like it doesn't have the person, yeah. um, which I think is what gives it balance and really makes it work. Yeah. Um, so to speak, but the, yeah, yeah. Like, this, the strength yeah. of the script is really what uh, pulls it together, pulls the film together in sort of the uh, high end way that it does, because it doesn't necessarily rely on performance because, um, it pretty much ties it all together and leaves them with not a tremendous amount of work to do. Yeah. And it's especially not, not, not to, to say, say they weren't acting, you know, no, not a lot. Yeah. Let me be clear about that. <laughs> in this, like, no, I agree with you. I just mean like, no one is bad in this. And what was it? The 95 Oscars. So no one had a shot against a post forest. Sure. Tom Hanks. Right. So like, <laughs> it's, we won't regard, you know, right. John Travolta at the, robbed. um, bottom of his career is that okay to say at the lowest point of his career um that's a great question or is that just like a 26 year thing that we're (laughs) that's a a good question um associate with the legacy of john travolta (laughs) it was you know um the 80s just weren't really anything for john travolta like the 2010s kind of haven't either but he you know he had this big resurgence in the 2000s um and he did produce um, The People vs. OJ. So he has sort of been around. He's actually um, very good at like, that. So. <laughs> like he's been, he's been present in the 2010s. But in the, two, in the 1980s, he really was not really working um, post-Greece. Uh, he was doing like a little bit of work, but um, not really. Uh, so Pulp Fiction kind of revo- revived it, which then resulted in stuff like Face Off. Uh, if that's the kind of stuff you like. Uh, and a lot of other stuff, you know, although <laughs> if you looked at him in like 1987 at John Travolta's career, you certainly can't see a way where it ends up with him doing a prominent voice in the movie Bolt. So you can thank Quentin Tarantino for that. For Or him playing uh, Tracy's mom in uh, right, <laughs> the remake right. of Right, which Spray. makes sense, you know, the Grace thing. But so maybe you could see that. But yeah, the, the definitely. Yes. Like there's a there's a level <laughs> of his career was really falling off and he is still around for better or for worse. Um, thanks to Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction. And probably because of... Um, which was something yeah. Quentin Tarantino actually really, really did a lot early in his... Not early in his career, but like earlier in the um, catalog was like using actors who weren't particularly 
huge. Like weren't like really grab just grabbing the biggest actors. Um, like he kind of is now. So uh, I think that's a pretty yeah. interesting thing to observe, like where he was really bringing out uh, characters, um, you know, giving people careers, which interestingly has been something that uh, this isn't really much of anything, but that's something we hear about like CSI a lot or like Law and Order, these shows that like, you know, give people like an episode and let it use it as a vehicle. Um, and he directed a season finale yeah. of uh, CSI in between movies in the 2000s. Yeah, who knew? That, that yep. just sounds like something. Yeah, there's an episode of CSI <laughs> as directed by Quentin Tarantino. That's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> Never a, a thought I would have Yeah, I know. Had. He got married, uh, I guess, two years ago now, by the way. He just got married. 2018. Mm-hmm. Right. Because right, I, I saw his wife at the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Went. He got married in 2018. <laughs> at, I don't know how old he is. Oh, he's 57. I just looked it up. Okay, well, that's not terribly surprising. All right, so why don't we work on speaking about this film in particular? Uh, I think that's a good. <laughs> we well, I think I think it's when you're talking about like movies, like you know, movies directed by people like um, Tarantino or like Scorsese or Coppola or whoever. Um, you have to talk about yeah the other one that Rosa and I did was right. You kind of have movies, to start by talking about, about like, like the. Um, not just the person, but the right and the yeah, and the cloud that follows yeah. them for better or for worse. Especially how a movie yeah, like yeah. This gets um, made. Interestingly, um, very, very interestingly, um, particularly through um, how much Harvey Weinstein played a part in making the movie. Um, so at the time. It uh, wasn't really a huge big deal, but, you know, he still was sort of, like, known as, like, not, not the best person. So, right, yeah, kind of interesting. Um, yeah, the production of the film, a lot of them, uh, is pretty interesting. Um, and also interesting about this is uh, Uma Thurman, back in Tarantino, um, what was the date on the last kill bill? On the um, first kill bill, what year was that done? Uh, I have to look. Two thousand three. What year is that? Um, okay, so uh, the right. other thing you always have to talk about in um, Tarantino Uma Thurman movies is the Uma Thurman car accident, and so it's really hard to keep this timeline right. But yeah. Uma Thurman, um, Tarantino insisting she does her own stunts, driving a car that was not fit to be used for stunts, um, refusing her objections to not doing it. And then injuring herself pretty terribly and handing over the footage of the crash to her in 2018. So um, just keep in mind, this is a Thurman Tarantino movie pre-accident. So at this point, they get along. I always yeah, feel like I have to check the date of timelines um, of Uma Thurman because I was going to say, I believe it's like 90. I don't even know. This is why I never write dates on movies because I don't know when they come out. I believe it's like 96 or 97. I don't know. Um, Pulp Fiction. Or 95, I think it is. Um, so Kill Bill is obviously 2000s, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's always something that um, when you're talking about Tarantino, especially before you're talking about the particular film, Pulp Fiction, I think is really interesting too. Uh, always remember is that uh, Uma Thurman kind of messed up all of her like 
joints in her legs and knees uh, because he wouldn't let her yeah. have a stunt double. She's like, yeah, permanently yeah. injured. So keep that in mind if you're talking about the controversy of Quentin Tarantino. That's usually not what gets brought up, but that's probably the most damaging thing. And I do find it, yeah, like interesting in thinking of this movie as being pre. When they were friends, yes. <laughs> Well, who knows, really? But... <laughs> when, when everybody was a little bit yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, um, everyone was a little bit tighter with each other for the most part. Um, is this her first? Like, is this their first that's movie together? A good question. Is he? My I, yeah, I don't know. Is not, um, uh, no, we can find not. that out. Perfect. <laughs> um, I don't know what the first one she was in because. I think Pulp Fiction was her breakout role, but um, he did some extra stuff before that. Because she was in Mad Dog and Glory. Yeah, it looks like they did not work together previously. I had to look that up. Yeah, uh, that was her minor breakout with Bill Murray and I want to say Robert De Niro in that movie. But yeah, Pulp Fiction is they're the beginning of their work together um and yeah and it's nice for this to exist as an uma thurman breakout because where would we be as a, a culture without yeah without uma thurman, uma thurman. um <laughs> i would not want to know yeah i don't want to know either i don't want to know yeah, what that probably what that not good looks like but i i do think but to sort of even get into the you know right, the yeah. actual like plot and the we'll talk about Pulp the Fiction. framing of Let's the movie and how it um how the you know with the way that the structure of the movie works to refer to her really before we know her as just you know Marcellus Wallace's wife over and over again and to think of like who is this person that we keep talking about like and then for it to be you know she's kind of quiet yeah, as a lot um, of cocaine. <laughs> I also. Uh, really like the way they're both described before you interact with them, just in general. Um, yeah. I think that's really a fun part of the movie is just the way it works in circles. Is like, you know, we kind of open with John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson, uh, though that would be um, near the end of the movie chronologically. Uh, there's a super, like a cut of the yeah. movie. Um, I don't believe it's an official cut, but there's a cut of the movie that's chronological. Um, and it's interesting. I don't know how. I don't know how much. I yeah, it's like definitely it. better that way, but it is uh, kind of fun to watch it um, in, in a chronological manner after actually oh, seeing I bet, it. But, I just, think if but I, um, yeah, it would not have yeah. been. If I had yeah, it's it definitely not a better movie a um, chronologically. Uh, so I think this kind of makes it, you know, like the circular structure of it sort of. Yeah, makes it it, more it builds fun. it in a way. Um, that kind of really evokes the actual, you know, like pulp, um, like medium. Yeah. Uh, I think better than a lot of the other attempts to do so. Of you know, And it keeps it from like wandering a little bit too much into film noir. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's sort of what makes it tick. So um, st- especially the way that it starts near the end, um, I think is what kind of yeah. makes it play out. Uh, so then, uh, but, oh, but yes, but the descriptor, descriptors of Uma Thurman as Marcellus Wallace's wife, I think work really well because um, you kind of get like this mysterious introduction to her. 
but it also like very clearly frames the yeah. movie as being based around Marcellus Wallace, which it very much is. Yeah, I mean everything at the at the end of the day, everything right. comes back to this one guy, who we don't see as you know frequently as we see everybody else, which I always kind yeah. of love in um, these movies. Which is fun, and then once we do, it's kind of crazy. Um, we see him kind of close-ish to the top, I think, um, with the first Bruce Willis scene with yeah. him. But I believe we only see him from behind in that scene. Uh, so that's really yeah, fun. Yeah, we never, it, it's a long right. shot. Of um, and I really like that. Um, and then we get him, you know, once they're, him and Fabian are doing their thing uh, later on. <laughs> My favorite of genre. Supporting, of yeah, supporting of, female uh, Probably French. Uh, love interest who doesn't need background we'll figure it out later um that's very much that character um very french name has mm -hmm. short brown hair always yeah yeah, it is french (laughs) that's that's it that's all that's and she Um, cries and that's all we ever get so i think something that's interesting (laughs) is because like some of these scenes are so iconic um in terms of just like the pop culture canon um if we look at like the diner scene with uh whoever it is tim roth and then, uh, like Samuel L. Jackson reciting uh, the Bible line incorrectly, and uh, <laughs> you know, there's all these like just super huge famous scenes. Uh, I think the be- my favorite one of them is not one of those. It's when um, John Travolta goes to buy some heroin from his dealer, uh, and that is some really classic awesome. um, Tarantino like just a juxtaposition of like they're like dealing, doing, and selling hair and buying heroin. And uh, like, just are in the absolute awe of the audacity of someone who would like scratch his car, you know? Like, that's the uh, like really classic script building that I don't think you get quite in the same way yeah. from anywhere else. Uh, and really just works, it, really works it so well. It's really good, yeah. And it's that particular scene was so interesting to me as somebody who hasn't seen a lot of like Tarantino work because I didn't think like, oh, yeah. classic, <laughs> classic Quentin, <laughs> very long scene where a guy talks about a scratched car and we're, we're getting a very heroin deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very descriptive heroin deal that maybe come back, comes back to, <laughs> to bite us in a couple scenes, but we don't know yet. Like, that didn't feel as familiar to me as it might to somebody who's like seen yeah, so much of his work where I'm like, Oh yeah, this, this is the prelude to something. Yeah. Else. It's just like, it's I don't like a really nice little like coin flip of them, like calm and pissed off. And then very quickly, the same characters, like very much not um, as like, he brings her back yeah. to um like try to stop her from dying of her overdose it's this it's the nice like flip back and forth where it starts from like heroin deal then um mia and vincent and then like it's both of those characters shown two ways actually you could say all three of them if you want to include uh yeah uh his dealer whose name i can't think of uh lance it is i can't think of his um, name right now either. and the three of them get shown uh, two ways quickly um like quickly flipped right so mia and as the like I... woman in control and then you know like in the car on the way back from lance's house very clearly post overdose um 
and you have like Lance again, like it's the flipping of control um, that he really does really well. And that Lance is like calm watching Captain Kangaroo. And then like it flips back and he doesn't actually know how to deal <laughs> with like an overdose. Like that dynamic where the scene kind of like wobbles one way and then back to the other without really losing anything in the middle is um, like really good. Just that whole section like flows really well because of that. That's my favorite part of the, maybe because it has the <laughs> least amount of like gun violence, <laughs> but like, uh, I was like, wow, this is, you know, that was the first moment that I thought, oh, I really actually like this movie a lot more than I thought I would. I am so intrigued by the people who seem to mean the yeah. most in those two scenes, the, um, Lance's wife and the, the other girl that's there, the friend and, uh. I do love when Vince says, you know, Lance wants to set him up with the other girl. Like, oh, you want to hang out and get high? And he's like, so-and-so doesn't have a boyfriend. Yeah, like, like oh, there's great, the there's just great, like, lines in there where <laughs> Tarantino, like, just creates just, like, the absurd, like, realism. Like, absurdist realism, which sounds like a very yeah. stupid thing to say. But that's really what he kind of evokes there is just, Not like... Really how people talk pretty closely but also in there's like a way of speaking in the tarantino verse um and he really yeah just kind of manages to nail that cadence into everyone and it just really flows every single person and then to see the way that where you were talking about like where everyone is sort of switching in control in those scenes the way lance's wife when they come back uh to lance's as Mia's overdosing and she's like screaming her head off and freaking out and then is all of a sudden very calm again and then, like she's kind of like the gauge of the situation like she keeps just sort of as everything sort of escalates she escalates and then she comes back down in a way that sort of everyone else isn't because they're more in the thick of it and she's like the right the yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it's a nice it's a really nice balance <laughs> and um, she it, it's cool I uh when she like fully when they they uh revive Mia with the adrenaline shot, and the wife is the first person to calm down. She's like, "Wow, that was weird." <laughs> like yeah. everyone else is fully losing it. And well, and he nails us. that. Like, she's like, um, Whoa, no I like way. that that character is included because she very easily couldn't be, but she uh, is sort of the representative of like not everyone knowing the same amount of information and so how this like situation is playing out differently for each character because uh his job you know yeah travolta's job is to watch the you know boss's wife and then you know the dealer is i can't have a death at my house because i have a ton of heroin here um, but they don't all like but they don't all <laughs> like, like carry the same up. information of like the repercussions of what could be happening and that's why the wife sort of is the most frantic and also the quickest to calm because she doesn't like necessarily recognize the stakes. Like Travolta understands like, Oh, okay. If she overdoses, I yeah, die. I was going to say, and at the end of the day, it's not going to, yeah, it's not going to affect her in the same way. Yeah. And so, and the other part that I really love about this is that it creates like this character around like Vincent around John Travolta, um, who's like this kind of slick, cool, yeah. likable character right like this whole first section and i love that we quickly run into him dying um very quickly after even though he's in yeah. more of the movie um i love Which that is, yeah. killed by why Switch. i think like I being like killed by um bruce willis 
who like we don't really see interacting too much but uh like that balance uh, and again like the the classic like tarantino level of casualness um like inserted into it like it's not a fight it's not a war like he just kind of catches them slipping and that's very tarantino he doesn't waste time on like (laughs) i need to kill this character my movie's already two and a half hours he's gonna walk out of the bathroom and not know that there's you know people there uh, and it's such That's great it. timing. Yeah. Like this is really why I love this this structure of it, uh, especially because the structure of it means that like he's dead. This great character that you like created um, is in more of the movie. Like we're not done with him. And then, okay, you still we get to, to see him, like, but you we still know, get like, to oh, do well, like the death of a character um, as an emotional like you know pull, yeah. and that's really good. That's really just great like construction. Yeah, it's so. Ugh, I really, yeah, I'm so intrigued at how much. Yeah, because it really is. Like, it really has depth. Um, I think some of the like thought around it doesn't really leave room for that because it's kind of like one of those movies, uh, sort of like Fight Club, right? But there's like tremendous like depth to it, but mostly kind of <laughs> yeah. unappreciated. Sounds like a not your way, but like unexplored. Or um, even so much, not even, or not even that. It's like people sort of take Um, the wrong parts of it you know like college boys that have you know the shot of travolta and samuel l jackson with their guns pointed just like on a poster that i have that on a t-shirt except it's gritty and the philly fanatic (laughs) um yeah like that is the great uh like uh, film so like you have to include it um so uh but I know what you mean, like in terms of it not being uh, like, like, like correctly interpreted or even like willfully interpreted. Um, yeah, willfully interpreted was probably the best way. It's like, yeah, I just picked the easiest way to understand this. Yeah. And then I went with um, that. And now it's cool to me because I get it and you don't and whatever. Like, I don't know. I think that's where I sort of lose it with some movies like this. Um, yeah. The way yeah, other and people that sort take of kills it. Off and the idea like, oh, that, and honestly, even the way, like, sometimes Tarantino <laughs> talked about it in a way that's, um, like, like that classic, um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but that interview on TV with uh, Jan, I don't remember her last, time, last name, uh, when Kill Bill was released, uh, where uh, in his mind, Kill Bill was, like, a great movie that he thinks that... Um, children as young as 11 should watch uh, in his words um and that it is a feminist movie um which he has his arguments for right like his argument is Hmm. it's the story of like the female warrior um blah 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 and uh jan who if anyone if you or whoever is listening has not seen this interview you really should to see this outfit because her outfit is i'm going to watch it definitely criminal um and he explains to her that uh, because it's like, why does it include so much graphic violence? That is her question. Why does it need to have all this graphic violence? Uh, and he tells her, because it's so much fun, Jan. Uh, and that's really, uh, I think, what we get into there. Like, the way that Tarantino sort of like argues that, that like it's so fun to have this fun, is kind of, I think, sometimes the source of the misleading interpretation like the misleading mass interpretation uh that tracks if that makes sense 
Like the fact yeah. that he, he really truly just loves the over the top, yeah. um, like surrealist violence. Uh, and sometimes a lot of these movies sort of lose out on anything more than that, uh, the way that they're seen by people. Uh, but um, yeah, I think there is like tremendous depth underneath and like outstanding writing. It's just not always uh, recognized for that. I mean, it's Pulp Fiction. Like it certainly is recognized for that. I, should, I shouldn't say it that way, but um, the sort of stereotypical individuals who would be like, yeah, like that poster on their wall. Yeah. Seen. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I know I remember, you know, yeah, seeing this in the like, there was an article this year, right before the Oscars, or maybe right after, I don't remember, the Oscars were kind of early this year, that was like all the best movies that lost Best For Picture. Sure. Um, and this is always like the yeah. first one that comes up. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I get it. But <laughs> I have a moment where I like sort of became i mean there's a few things that i was kind of hesitant sure, about like in my like you get through viewing, uh and like the uh, movie the, does the become movie like increasingly like vulgar and uh like uh uncomfortable like oh that yeah, scene we can talk about like, that scene that is <laughs> maybe i mean it's just an incredible scene right um it's incredible um, a that a Samuel L. Jackson signed on to do yeah. that, uh, <laughs> although you know he did Django, um, but um, the fact that he <laughs> felt like it couldn't be done right unless it, it was him him himself um, is like really just this incredible scene <laughs> that um, has just so many questions that do not have answers, such as why. Um, not a one <laughs> or even how like how did he convince the individuals around him that this is something that they all must do for the success of this film what happened hello everyone like, it is me quentin tarantino you have not yet seen me in this film five. and i have now come to say these words um, <laughs> a number of times i love that time. he gave himself a black wife in the film uh, as if that is an explanation. He's like, I don't yes, know if that, that was the goal. I don't know a where a lot of that came. Like for such a tight script, there's parts in there where, you know, they don't spend a lot of words on it being like, hey, just so you guys know, my wife is black. But like, they, just, they, there's so many questions in there that just do not have answers. Like, why? Like, why? I'm so. I'm so intrigued by, <laughs> you're right, the progression of that scene where Samuel L. Jackson comes in, you know, Jules comes in, starts talking about how good uh, the coffee is, coffee. and he starts I freaking buy it. out about the coffee. I buy it, I buy the gourmet shit. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, it's a really good scene. It's, you're a little bit, <laughs> and, like, and you're just like, why? But what I like about it is it is the scene that transitions the movie from, like, the, you know, pseudo-realistic to the absurd, because um, everything post here is, like, all right, you know the wolf comes in he does he cleans everything up don't worry about that it guy. and you know then they use the katana from kill bill and kill kill each other with it and the you know like things yeah. go insane the yeah my other true hesitance like in watching this was yeah um, it's like a pretty insane decision there I was like, oh, oh, 
yeah um this is what i mean i mean and that that scene is immediately before (laughs) i think if i remember the structure correctly immediately before we run into that scene where we go into uh uh like the winston wolf scene and we you know get that quentin tarantino scene i believe that's right after right so we get the yeah we get like um, the gimp scene the katana and all Um, that all of that happens yeah, right, right, right before, before we kill Mark. Go, like right before we go back to them yeah. killing and then, the guy and he Brett. misses from the bathroom, yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah, that's a <laughs> that guy first depends of all, on which of the two you ask. Which I understand. Uh, and that's really another thing I like a lot where uh we really characterize our two. Um, oh, I love that. Like, you know, assassins that sort of do a lot of the same stuff. Um we really characterize them separately there. Uh, it's kind of late in the movie after we've already gotten to know them. Yeah. So when... there's, I guess, a question of how important it is to do that, but it really does do well to like, you know, and it, and it, that, that first scene of, and I will protect my brothers, blah, blah, blah. Or however it goes um, with great vengeance and furious yeah. anger. Right. Like that's the first opening of the movie where you're like, okay, I'm on this movie well, that is willing to deal with the, you know, like, melodramatic and so this revisiting of after he says you know we've already seen him do this it's chronologically after that but it's also just like way after that in the movie i really love that balance of yeah um, we revisit that pretty clearly and uh again really drive home the difference in characters especially because we already know vincent's dead yeah and i was so interested in how the way you're saying like chronologically this does happen like in the same like the same day yep sort of part which is also the first time that we meet them but it happens so much later in the movie yeah. like it's all the same moment in their you know their lives but it's also like yeah like vincent what, killing marvin after he has already been dead but before he's dead like that's a beautiful um <laughs> just like way to flip that both directions yeah, uh, and, and yeah, so I, I do think that um, <laughs> maybe Tarantino's thinking was like, okay, so we just had this kind of bad shit part where we were rocking with katanas and like the gimp. We had uh, Marcellus raped. Like this shit's going crazy, right? Why don't I come in and I'll lighten the mood Yeah, with a flurry of racial slurs? Maybe that's what he was thinking. Like it's just, <laughs> you know, like the cool down. You know, like that. Maybe that's what he was thinking. I don't really would profess in any way any ability to um, figure out what he was thinking. But I do think it's just a great, great moment in there. Right? Exactly. I do think that's a great moment in there where you run into Tarantino, (laughs) and you're like, "Oh, that's the that's that guy," and then it just goes nuts. I think. Yeah, you wouldn't because it's pretty late in the movie. Like, I feel yeah. like that was so, just something I didn't know. I really like that. But he's, is he one of those mm, that's all uh, no. movies? I don't believe he's in The Hateful Eight. I'm not sure if he's in Reservoir Dogs. Um, he's, he's not in all of them. Um, he is definitely... I was going to say, I couldn't remember if he was like... Appears a, in all of them. You know, if he has a Stanley... <laughs> no, most of them he's not, I believe. Uh, I <laughs> so think he's, he's like somewhere in Inglorious Bastards, if you're aware. I think he shows up somewhere. Um, <laughs> he's like, 
I'll say all the racial slurs. Well, you know, he's like, I'll take the blame. It's fine. Uh, Although clearly. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Although clearly quite a few actors don't mind. Um, Oh, yeah. There's not so much in this one. Very cool to just. uh, But, you know, of course, in all the Tarantino, the other ones in the Tarantino movies, it's. It, I mean, it's honestly been discussed to death at this point. And... Oh, yeah, which is why I'm like, okay, I know I'm late to the Tarantino party, but yeah. <laughs> I don't um... need to be the... <laughs> like, so we, we've been through we'll it, close we it out. We have a little bit left. Our last scene um, in the diner uh, is fine. It's good. It's a closer. I love, uh, I love the uh, bad motherfucker wallet. You know, that's classic, but... Uh... And the briefcase, I, I like that you end with the them leaving with the briefcase, which has already sort of been worked on this whole yeah. time. Yeah, like, and this is like the introduction of it of to the plot um, chronology. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. you know, it ends in a way that's fine. Uh, I'm sort of not into like big endings or like big twist endings or stuff like that. Gen- I real I realized that I did say I like no that like Memento is one of my favorite movies. So I and. You know, but <laughs> I'm not really like, oh, I need something dramatic to I end the movie, especially like, a movie that doesn't, you know, the ending is basically like an hour and a half ago at this point. Um, so, yeah, I really yeah. I think it's a good closing. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love movies that end with this is the, like when you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, this yeah, it's just this is how it ends. <laughs> it feels like a fairly organic ending, like, hey. um, but it's also the kind of the beginning of the movie. Um, I'm, well, the middle, because it's after, um, you know, they deal why with I think I really like it. the apartment, you know, it's sort of this middle point, which is a fun place to end, I think, instead yeah, of the very I, beginning, that sort of feels, but, uh, I like that. We, yeah. I like that we get past the, like, this is a robbery, like bullshit. Like I like that right, they're there to deal with it to, and they're in their know, like way with to, the, in the characters that this would be the point idiots. where we are kind of explained to them who they are. But instead, since it's at the end, we already know who they are. And it's like, it's, it's a scene, right. In which it introduces the personality of the character to the viewer. And you're like, okay, I get them. I get the two of them. But because instead of the beginning where it should be, it's at the end. So like, it's really just this moment where they still are supposed, you know, it's framed that way, but it's still really just placed as like, makes them the main characters of the movie. Even though they're kind of not, Bruce Willis, like the different like sections of the movie, maybe thirds really show like the three protagonists of the movie, you know, and it starts and ends with them in that way. And I think that sometimes I'm like, yeah, and I'm so interested in the Bruce Willis being a protagonist of the movie of it all. Like, as I said to you earlier, I, I like I don't think I've ever seen sure. Bruce Willis be truly bad in anything. So I'm always like, oh, look, it's Bruce Willis. Like, if you're, you know, a cool action guy who can also be like a good sitcom guest sure. star, like you're cool. Am I? <laughs> I think Gerard Butler in the office and see but, how it works out. Uh, I'm curious. I... Yeah. You're like, that's cool. But I was to then come back to Vincent and Jules and then leave with them, I think works really well. But it's so weird to almost just have like, and we only really deal with Bruce Willis in the middle because he has to yeah, leave Los uh, Angeles forever. Um, <laughs> that's I, my. It like, sort of plays out as like yeah. it starts about, in the, you know, kind of about Vincent and um, 
individuals. But then very quickly, like I think Uma Thurman is sort of portrays the main character, you know, the protagonist for a little bit. And then Bruce Willis is the protagonist for a bit. And then we end up back here with Jules and Kristen as the, our guys. Exactly. Our guys. Because it's, and obviously that works because it's a circle. Like, oh yes, well obviously we've come back to the right. point. And I think that's really um, circle. <laughs> why it like feels satisfying to watch. Not because you, you know, like a lot of movies, you watch it and it develops in front of you and then it ends and you're like, wow, that was satisfying. Like eating a meal. It's satisfying in a way that it just like, yeah, lets a lot of things happens, happen and lets you just see a bunch of different things in different ways. Um, and uh, some and the, just yeah. some of the other fun things about this movie are some of the like, casting stuff. Um, you know, like most movies and shows, you can always look into it a little bit and see the, uh, you know, behind the, there's always you know there's always stuff from behind the scenes of who was going to blah blah blah. And um, oh, I love that Michael Madsen, you know. who uh, <laughs> if you've seen Reservoir Dogs, played Vic Vega, who uh, I forget what it's supposed to be. They're related, Vincent Vega and Vic Vega. Um, Mm-hmm. He was supposed to play it, but he was in um, Wyatt Earp instead. So, um, and, and Harvey oh, Weinstein right. wanted Daniel Day-Lewis. I forget where I read this, but somewhere. Probably, I don't know, probably like Wikipedia or something. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, who really liked Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis, Day-Lewis. Um, really wanted Daniel That's Day-Lewis to play that role. Um, and I don't know why he, he didn't do it. He probably didn't want to do it. So, I don't, I don't know. He, I guess he doesn't really need a reason. So that's how it <laughs> ended up... Uh, yeah, so that's how it ended up with John Travolta, but you really have to wonder uh, <laughs> what would happen if this movie had Daniel Day-Lewis instead of John Travolta in that role. Yeah. I so. don't know how I feel about that thought. Daniel Day-Lewis with a ponytail and little gold hoops yeah, in his ears. So that would be pretty neat, <laughs> huh? I always love trying to picture a movie with like the people who were almost in it. I always think that's so... like. This was almost, you know, since it's Miramax Street, and it's Weinstein, why Weinstein really likes casting the movies that he's paying for? Um, so that's always interesting. Um, yeah. What's the other one? Oh, Tim Roth. Uh, Harvey Weinstein wanted to look at Johnny Depp or Christian Slater, um, or uh, whatever huh. the name of that character is that robs the. Um... Yeah, it's, it's yeah, Honey Bunny. I think like is <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really. I the think that's really great. Yeah, the lady from the Hunger Games. <laughs> correct. I'm like this woman has been in so many things, and I, as a 22 year old person, will only ever think of her as like the the woman who says um, no real words. He, in the Hunger he Games. <laughs> um, another fun Tarantino writing thing. That again, I can't remember where I found it. But Tim Roth um, wanted her in the movie, so uh, and said she needs to have a gun in the movie. So Tarantino was like, "All right, I'll do it." Yeah, so that, that was Tim Roth. I Tim like Roth was like, "I really yeah. want her in one of our <laughs> movies, and I want her with a really big gun." Um, again, don't remember where I read it. That's, Probably Wikipedia or something. Fair. But because um, I love just crawling through Wikipedia pages. Um, we also oh, and we also did. Her father is Chris. Wait, we, I forgot her name. Plummer? We really just are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Her father is. That's all I ever remember, Plummer. which is terrible about her. But <laughs> what? I don't. What is her first name? Amanda Plummer. I'm sure she is really great. Amanda Plummer. <laughs> um, I'm sure she's a wonderful actress. 
with a wonderful history. Right, great career. Long, uh, however, very great filmography that will just don't really. He's the lady from. Know her <laughs> very well. Uh, <laughs> so sorry to you, Amanda Plummer. Um, it'd be cool if she did. I, I don't think she's gonna listen to this, but <laughs> just in case she does. Um, and uh, the other one is they wanted Gary Oldman to be the dealer because <laughs> he was in a. He worked in True, true Romance, oh so they knew each other. So I'm uh, also, I'm not sure how we skipped it, but we did manage to skip um, a history of the watch that uh, Fabian doesn't pack with with Christopher Walken. Right. Um, I and I think that is actually mentioned... the like Tarantino scene where it's completely like honest in terms like it's it's not being played for laughs, like it's being played straight. Um, and he's like, he hid this watch in his butthole for two years. Like, that is Tarantino. It's so dumb uh, very, and so good. Very, Like, with a very serious actor, Christopher Walken. <laughs> it, it's just, ah, oh, man. That's just a great, great summary of the movie. Christopher Walken is, like, the through line hmm, absolutely. of my uh, episodes with guests. <laughs> because he's in... Catch me if you can. End this, <laughs> but he plays a much more, you know, like incidental part in, in that we see him more in the other movie that I talked about. But yeah, this is a very, I would say you can't call it a not you know, an un. That's not a word. An unincidental part in that him giving Bruce Willis's yeah and uh, character that watch. You know, and I think it also really fits a great defining Tarantino music because uh, Christopher Walken also uh, manages to pop in a couple of racial slurs, um, played for laughs. Um, so we're pretty like, quick. okay, I'm pretty uncomfortable with this, uh, but okay, sure. Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> You're about a hundred, <laughs> so who knows? It happened. Uh, and... But yeah, I think I, I, <laughs> I'm surprised we flashed past that scene because I it. Is a nice like middle of yeah, the movie balance even... because it is played so slow, like it's exceptionally slow paced. Yeah, and then you know we kind of cut into this actual, like, present day of it. Um, like we're back, we're back to like yeah, the high speed, the like really fast paced. <laughs> For this section, because the pacing of it is really what jumps around. And Tarantino, I mean, Tarantino loves playing with pace. It's the Hateful Eight is a pace adventure, yeah. and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, like, honestly, maybe nothing more than a pace experiment. Um, just trying to, well, I think that's what's really great about Once <laughs> Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Is it's three hours of trying to pace it as slowly as possible, mm -hmm. and then t like 25 minutes that feel like five, um, because all of a sudden it's like the fastest paced thing he's ever directed. Um, which is really fun. I mean, well, not fun. I shouldn't say that because that's why people didn't like it uh, for the most part, I think, is because it wasn't very fun to watch. But it is interesting. Um, but yeah, that's sort of what this, I think, what the point of this flashback is, right? Like, play it for laughs a little bit, have Christopher Walken say some racist stuff, some stuff about butts, like, whatever. But mostly it fits in on, like, a really slow-paced, um, like, break in the middle of the action. So we can jump from that period of action to this next section. And uh, I think that works great. I think it's really good. Uh, I think that scene yeah, is uh, another one where you're like, I'm kind of uncomfortable, but it's fine. Um, 
I think that's the whole movie for me. I was like, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm uncomfortable because yeah, I'll, I'll very know, much like to purposeful. revisit the very top, very much like the master, where I'm very uncomfortable with what you are saying to me right now, but I'm kind of fine with it. You know, like this doesn't really feel great, <laughs> but let's see where it goes. I'm very uncomfortable with this, like, randomly naked Amy Adams, uh, but, of well, course, actually, that's course. uncomfortable yeah. for a number of reasons uh, in that movie, obviously, but <laughs> for the Harvey Weinstein of it all, which I did want to bring this up before, but I'm like, there are surprisingly few. Uh, oh, I also wanted to bring this up in that, in uh, you're right, <laughs> however, um, the first scene of the movie is discussing cheeseburgers, and the very second scene of the movie is discussing foot massages for quite some time, so don't you fret. Yeah, don't you worry I about it. We're getting it in, in there. my notes. The <laughs> I was going to say, one of the only things in my notes is, I was like, what? Exactly. Scorsese will write a 25-minute scene where somebody's <laughs> naked that doesn't need to be, and you're like, okay. Tarantino's just going to have just two guys talking toes, and you're like, dude, I don't need this. Um, but you can tell this is before um really the peak of his career you know it's it kind played. of early on so he doesn't have the confidence to just be like listen we're keeping a 20 minute long <laughs> shot in and we're just putting toes in the final cut like you can tell this is the point at which it's like if we if we edit margot robbie's exactly. feet out of this movie that is the mark of a man who has made his influence is, and knows, but... knows he can do whatever he wants uh, this movie he does have uma thurman dancing barefoot but that's almost even that's like wanna, okay yeah. at least it kind of makes sense as opposed to right and it, it's within it her character like as opposed to like marco robbie feels like just putting her feet all over some nasty that's weird for a bunch of reasons yeah i'm happy we got to that because i did want to yes. address that this movie Man. starts with talking about toes <laughs> because it's a tarantino movie believe me yeah, for like a while, for um, a which works like super well. Minutes. Like it, it really plays so well because it yeah, just it's, really shows how little this this like job means to them in terms of like running up on this dude who crossed them. Like they don't care. Um, <laughs> they're like, yeah, what was normal they're, work. Talk. They're like, this is all enough. Very like, important it's stuff. so like, mm. like they're about you know about... you would think like okay we got to go this is going to be a dangerous situation and we got to go get this guy and we got to find out. Yeah. Right. Nope. Yeah, we they don't, don't even care. Like, I think that's a great character building guy. thing. It's a shame that we have to do the foot stuff. We all know it's very, it's, you know, we don't want it. Right. Nobody's happy about it. We don't feel good about it. When Tarantino is happy, well, about, it, happy about it. That's about it. Nobody else really wants it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but you know it's fine like at least it kind of works at this point it's very different than once upon a time in hollywood in terms of like yeah. the utilization of the weird feet stuff yeah i'm like oh well this right like it's like it's fine like it works it's we're, fine we're talk about this again once upon a time in hollywood it is not fine there's no reason for it it, 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 it takes yeah. forever it's just there <laughs> For it's just more for for him. It's for just one, him. literally one so, person. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
and he the, gets to yeah, do that. the only other stuff is that uh, there's a ton of like references in this movie. Um, you know, a ton of like symbols that are pop culture. Yeah. Like it's very much supposed to be a pop culture movie, which is why it's kind of funny that it's now like a cornerstone. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of that stuff that's always fun. You know, the big Kahuna burgers fun. Like there's a lot of fun little things that kind of keep the thing keep yeah. interest up through the movie. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have my thoughts. I think we hey, I was just saying, I think we uh, 107, did it. Not a bad number. <laughs> but I Oh, we should probably do a sign off, huh? Whoops, cut this part out. Right. But uh <laughs> Yeah. I uh I do normally ask very quickly Hit me. like three ish final questions that I actually had to think of myself because I had never seen this movie before and I was like, wow, I sure. have to like consider all of these things. I normally ask other people, what's your favorite uh performance yeah, um, in this movie? It's kind of hard Rise for me. I think mine is um It's hard to I think mine's Bruce Willis in this one. But it's really hard to say because it really is a, a, a true ensemble cast. I, it is. And yeah, I, I think, think Bruce Willis is like a close two. For I me. think just Bruce Having Willis place, places himself well time. and does a good job with what he's meant to do. And um, kind of brings in Bruce Willis yeah. into uh, Tarantino. I think it's a good, I think it's a good blend. Travol- <laughs> then Travolta for me so personally. Because uh, uh, I think he was a little too yeah. like squeaky before this movie. Um, you know, like Grease, Boogie Nights, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but like I mean, just I generally, I think his image. Which, first movie. of all, don't don't get me wrong. There's no concern about him being too nice a guy now. But um, I think he manages to play this character like <laughs> well. He's like plays it cool, plays it smooth, uh, and I think he really yeah. ties together a lot of it. And he does true. a good job. He doesn't overshadow anyone. He doesn't fall behind anyone. He doesn't hide. I think he's good. I think it's really hard for anybody in this yeah, to feel like they fell like, behind. I feel like everyone who's brings... Who's the weak... Like, Ving exactly Rhames? I don't know who's the weakest out of the like, main ones. Ving Rhames is great. Like, it's really balanced, which is yeah. rare. I think most ensemble it's, movies it's tend to end up... to say. Like, end up like Community, where there's just such a clear one Somebody's main character, and then the ensemble cast is hanging out around them. It's like an ensemble cast. And I think that... Yeah, I think the structure. Right, because sometimes you might not see a character for thirty-five like minutes. Like balanced, so. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it ends up working out. Yeah, it, like, oh, it's it's really I balanced. Bruce. I don't know. I guess yeah. Like I said, I guess Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite scene? I really like uh, the heroin scene where they're buying it, uh, especially immediately followed by uh, the driving. Yeah. I think the driving is awesome in this movie. Uh, it's of just him in the, in yeah. the car. Um, and then... In a, yeah, yeah, I guess I can just say that and just leave the it cars are I cool. like that scene <laughs> and uh, the two of them paired. I think the the score behind like the driving is really, really good. It really is like... I think the yeah, I, at one point I think I had so cool. like a Christmas gift. I had like a vinyl of the soundtrack. Every music toy. Is, I don't know where it is now. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's cool though. And then my my normal question yeah. is for other people when I, you know, when they've never seen the movie, and I have, but it's usually 
Are you still watching? Like, I haven't in a long yeah, time, uh, actually. <laughs> like, it's been a long time since I watched it. But, uh, yeah, maybe. Probably. I don't know. Depends how long yeah. longer we're inside. But then even to ask myself, I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> to even ask myself, I'm like, wow, yeah, I would watch Yeah, that. it's a really I good level of, There's... like, <laughs> complexity for a movie that you can just watch anytime, whenever. Like, which is really nice. It's really edited well. Yeah. I love um, stuff like that. I think it's something that doesn't come up a lot when we talk about movies, but it's like edited really sharply. None of the cuts like really take you out of anything. Like everything feels in place. Yeah. Even like even with the titles coming out, like it's really sharply edited. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for '94. Um, yeah, I, I love the, Quentin the loves title, title cards, man. Cards. Like, man, maybe you should watch Hateful Eight. I love a title card. So you got plenty of title cards there. It's only about three and a half hours, so don't worry about it. Just kidding. I don't know how long it is. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is actually three and a half hours. There is a director's cut of The Hateful Eight um, if you like a real slow burner. Um, The Hateful Eight's three hours and seven minutes in the um, theatrical, um, which is insane. But (laughs) yeah, if you like title cards and westerns, that's the way to go. Uh, but yeah, um, he loves title cards, and I think they actually work in here, which is crazy because you would think it wouldn't. But the fact that it goes out of order, like sections it off in your mind, it, yeah, it really helps follow, especially if you haven't seen it before or it don't helps. know anything about it. It works and really yeah, nails no, the like know, pulp feel. That's really good. <laughs> Even like the parts I like about it, or I mean, the parts I don't yeah. like about it, excuse me, are like things that I wish kind of mattered more but you know all those things we covered like where you're like wow i'm really uncomfortable with this part or why do we need to include this just doesn't he he just builds it so well that it's just like the actual like structure and composition of it is so strong that like the individual weird things he includes or says or whatever like don't really affect how good the movie is because the movie's already just very good at like the most base levels the most compositional levels so like the fact that it's like dude why are you like making it clear to us that your fictional wife is black when like this is like does not affect the things you're saying very much like (laughs) like why are we talking about feet four minutes into this film doesn't really change the fact that it's just built on such a solid structure that it's gonna be good like (laughs) kind of a shame almost because looking back to like 1994 Tarantino, you can just tell That's part of what makes that it like so, yeah. yeah, the fact that he wrote himself into a movie in that way probably encouraged him to be like, all right, Django, we'll break a record or two. And was like and was like, ah, nobody really I've made a ton of money, even we'll though we were talking about feet a bunch. I'm gonna do that some more. Like, you know, you can tell this really encouraged his habits, but um <laughs> I almost thought that. I, yeah, you know, racial slur. Right, he was like, "Okay, cool, it was like, fun and pulled fiction." He figured it was cool, and that was the last we ever had a discussion about that with Quentin. Um, but yeah, that's what my overall like thought thought on the movie mm-hmm. is like it just has such a strong structure, composition, and editing that like honestly, the actual like plot and acting are secondary, and the plot and acting are so good that it's just that's what takes it over the top really well i agree well <laughs> good i'm, I'm glad. glad we did, I did not leave i'm glad i watched that after all that 
Now I have to change yeah, my... Yeah, I have to, like, pick a new know, personality trait to put in there. <laughs> about myself. Unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. A new uh, thing I haven't consumed to be cool. <laughs> yeah, to buy whatever To points. stay cool or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. Well, Ben, thank you so much. <laughs> of course. I appreciate all your help I'm here. I'm really glad and you enjoyed it. choosing this movie because uh, I definitely wouldn't have picked it myself. <laughs> so that's it for this one. Uh, I wanted to thank my friend Ben one more time, and I also wanted to thank all of you for listening and for being part of this whole process. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kate Jock. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.